We'll go to God's Word now, and uh, you can open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, if you have one. If not, the, the verses are going to be on the screen this morning for those of you who uh, don't have Bibles or who are new with us this morning. But today we're going to be starting a new series that we'll be doing for the next few Sundays, and I've called this series Coping with Coronavirus. This is a time of, of challenge for all of us, and this is a time for some new challenges. It's also a time where uh, many of us are facing uh, old challenges, but in a, in, a, in a more challenging way. And some of us more directly, some of us more indirectly, some in big ways, some in small ways. I have a feeling that all of us are being affected more than we probably even realize. And so what we want to do this morning and in the next few Sundays is to spend some time talking about what the Bible says about some of the issues, some of the challenges, some of the struggles that we're facing during these days. And so we're going to be talking in the next few Sundays about things like loneliness and how do we wait well. And we'll be talking about suffering and um, things like that. And thankfully, the Bible has solutions and answers for all of these various challenges and struggles that we are going through. And this morning, I want to talk about a, a big one, and that is anxiety. Anxiety, worry, nervousness, tension. And of course, anxiety, worry is an issue that we all have all the time. But especially during a time like lockdown and coronavirus, as we are all um, just wondering how long this is going to last, as our plans have been put on hold indefinitely, there's so much uncertainty about the future, and of course, concerns about job and finances and marriage and family and health and children and exams and everything else that's going on, of course, especially at a time like this, anxious thoughts for all of us, I'm sure, are running high or at least running higher than normal. And I know that some people even before lockdown literally struggle to sleep um, on, a, on a daily basis. I know many people that wake up literally every morning with a knot in their stomach, uh, worried, concerned, nervous about what the, the day uh, ahead is going to bring them, and all kinds of uh, fearful, anxious thoughts that fill their minds right from when they wake up in the morning. And the good news is, the good news is that um, God tells us we don't have to live like this. Even in a time of coronavirus, even in a time of lockdown, we don't have to live uh, daily controlled by anxiety and worry. And so we'll see this morning what the Bible has to say about this. And today I want to look at uh, sort of the, the classic text in the Bible on this topic of anxiety and of peace. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6, and it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay, let me stop there. Now, this is part of the Bible. This is a letter that uh, the Bible calls Philippians. This is a letter that was written by uh, a great follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was writing to uh, a church, a, a, a group of followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who were in a place called Philippi about 2,000 years ago. And the interesting thing about this letter is that Paul is writing the letter when he's in prison. In fact, he's in a Roman dungeon as he's writing this letter. And you can just imagine what that would be like. And it's more amazing to think that the theme of this letter that Paul is writing is joy. Paul is writing on the topic mainly of, of joy. Paul is the one who is in the Roman dungeon, and he's the one who's writing this letter telling the other people not to be anxious, that they can have a life of joy and of peace. And so if Paul can be filled with joy at a time like this, then certainly uh, we can also do that. We can also not have uh, anxiety. We can fight anxiety. We can conquer anxiety. And so uh, how does this happen? Well, four main things that I think Paul is teaching us uh, in this passage. The first thing that Paul says here in this passage is this. Number one, you don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be anxious. Again, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 is an amazing verse, actually. I don't think many of us would even dare to actually say something like this. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. And this is, in fact, a command of God. Do not be anxious about anything. And Paul, again, is, is writing this. When he is in a Roman dungeon, just imagine that all the disease that's going around, forget about coronavirus, imagine the disease that's going around in an ancient Roman dungeon, rats crawling over you when you sleep, uncertainty about the future, so much injustice, there's no telling when uh, things are going to come back and, and everything else. Paul is saying, do not be anxious about anything. And... That means anything. That means nothing. It doesn't mean generally you should be at peace, but then when something is really bad, then of course it's natural to be anxious. No, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. And God commands this to us because he expects it of us. And he's made a provision for us 
that we don't have to be anxious. We can actually live lives that are basically free of anxiety. And how is that even possible? Well, I think this is um, something that we could need to dive into a little bit further. And I'm gonna show you uh, a little diagram that, that's helpful for me right now. And hopefully you can see this on your screen now. This circle is what I'm going to call the, the zone of control. The zone of control. So in any situation, these are the things that I can generally have something to do with. I can plan for this, I can work for this, I can apply my mind and do something about the things that are in uh, the zone of control. I have some degree of control over the things that are in this circle, in this zone. Okay, and you know, if you just think about it, things that are in this zone of control, then a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness is, is often actually quite good, right? A little bit of anxiety, a little worry is actually the thing that, that spurs us to, to move forward and to do something um, when it's in this zone of control. And so just a quick example from my own life, if it's Saturday morning and for whatever reason, I'm kind of lazy and kind of procrastinating. And suddenly I realize that it's noon on Saturday and less than 24 hours from now, you're all going to be staring at me in church and I'm going to have to say something. And so I better get to work. You know, that little amount of, of worry, of fear, of anxiety actually spurs me to say, okay, enough dilly-dallying. I need to get moving. Okay, that's in my zone of control. I can, I can get out my computer. I can start working on whatever I need to, to work on. However, you know, there's a huge area and most of life and most of the world is outside of this zone of control. And these are the things that we don't have any control over. And these are the things, usually when my hands can't get to work, to do anything about it, now my mind starts working, right? And often it starts going out of control. It starts uh, wondering, it starts um, fearing, and all of the what if this, and what if that, and what will I do, and what's going to happen, and all of those anxieties and fears come in at that point. So we can call this the zone of anxiety. Okay, the zone of control, actually something about, and there's usually much, much less uh, anxiety in that zone because I can actually get up. If I'm anxious about it, I, I can get up and do something about it. But again, there's this huge area of life where I, I can't do anything about. And so from a human perspective, it's very natural that we should feel anxious about those things that are outside of our control. And so let me give you uh, a quick example of this. This is lockdown time, this is coronavirus time. And as we all know, this has been very, very difficult for uh, the economy. The economy is tanking. Businesses are losing crores of rupees. Numbers of businesses all around the world have had to shut down or go bankrupt. 
people have lost jobs by the crores. People have had to take um, salary cuts and uh, so many things going on. And, and naturally, we feel anxious. Most people, I'm sure, watching this right now would feel a degree at least, if not a high degree, uh, of anxiety about their job situation and about their, their financial future. And, you know, what now let's just think about this. I think these categories are very, very helpful for us in, in this situation, in many, many situations. Now, let's just think about what's in our zone of control in this case, right? Well, maybe we're working uh, from home. Maybe I can. Uh, make sure that I'm, I'm being diligent in, in my work, uh, even from home, I can work harder. Maybe I can take a little bit more, more initiative. Maybe I can try to think of creative solutions uh, to help the company or help my department or team during this kind of situation. I can, I can do certain things um, to, to do my best at the very least, right? To avoid a job loss or to avoid uh, something like that to help my organization. At the same time, however, just think about this. Can I eradicate coronavirus from the world? Can I do that? Can I revive the economy? Can I end the lockdown? Can I keep my company from losing crores and crores of rupees? Do I have the power to decide who gets to keep their job and who's going to lose their job? Or do I have the power to decide that, that nobody's gonna lose their, their job? Right? Obviously, I don't. Those things are out of my control. And naturally, because they're outside of my control, this has now become the zone of anxiety for me and all of those questions now start coming into my mind what's going to happen if my if i lose my job where will i go what will i do and and who's going to hire me at, at a time like this when the economy is in a situation like this and what who's how am i going to pay my rent and how am i going to pay my children's school fees how am i going to pay my my emis and now suddenly i'm having 20 sleepless nights in a row and my mind is on overdrive, thinking about all the things that are out of my control. And what if this, and, and what if that? And of course, it's wise to be prudent and to think and plan for eventualities that might take place. But we all know, don't we? We all know that there is a line that we move from planning to panicking, right? It's moved from wise, diligent action uh, for things that, that might happen and worry, anxiety, and um, my thoughts, my mind racing out of control, full of anxious thoughts. And, you know, I, you can think of it like a bicycle. You know, if you're on first gear or if you have a gearless bicycle then it's good when you're going uphill you need that you need that extra that extra power to go up but then if you're on the flat ground or if you're going downhill then now if you're on 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 first gear you know maybe those first two cycle rotations might get you moving but if you're going down 
And if you're moving a little bit faster, as much as you pedal, it's not getting you any further, right? It's, it's something like uh, if you're in a car or on a bike and you're just revving the engine, it produces a lot of noise, a lot of smoke, right? No action, no movement. And I think anxiety is a lot like that. It feels like I'm, I'm doing something. It feels like I'm making progress, but it's all smoke. It's all noise. Nothing is actually happening except that I'm becoming more and more miserable. I'm becoming more and more irritable. I'm losing my peace. I'm losing my joy. Nobody likes to be around me. And God says, I don't want that for you. I don't, this is not the way that I created you to live. And this is the way that you, you don't have to live like this. And so like somebody has said, let me show you this quotation. I think I shared this uh, oh, a few weeks ago, perhaps. Tomorrow is sorrow. It empties today of its strength. That is from Corrie Ten Boom. She's got an amazing story herself in the Second World War as a Jew. Um, you can read about that sometime. But what an amazing statement worthy of meditation. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And this is what worry does. This is not what God wants for us. And so he says, you don't need to be anxious. So what do we do? You know, these thoughts are out of our, uh, these, 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 this zone is out of our control. Naturally, I'm going to be anxious. What does Paul tell us to do? He says, surrender your anxiety to God. Surrender your anxiety to God. Again, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Again, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul says, you have anxious thoughts. These things are out of your control. Naturally, those, your mind is going to start moving. It's going to start moving out of control even. Paul says, present those anxious thoughts to God. Now, a very important point that I want to make here is Paul is not just saying, oh, you're, you're, you're worried about that? Just pray about it. Right? And that's what a lot of people say. Oh, why are you worried? Just pray. Right? And it's so simple and it's so trite and very often, at least for me, it's very irritating. Right? It's just like some, it's not even heartfelt very often. It's just such, such a simplistic kind of trite solution that, that people give when we are sharing perhaps our, our deep concerns that are very real. It's not what Paul is saying here. What I think Paul is saying is in a very intentional, even slow maybe even a long process, you carefully, purposefully, intentionally present to God these things that are on my heart, that are bothering me, that are causing me concern. I am, through a kind of process, presenting these things one by one to God. You know, there was a, 
a, a dear brother who was in our church um, a few years ago. And many of you know him, his name is David Rendell. He's back in the US now. And David and I used to share a lot about our hearts and um, just enjoying fellowship about our, our relationship with God. And, and I learned a lot from uh, that, that time that he was a part of our church. But one thing that David often used to say, just in, in conversation as he was sharing about his relationship with God, he would say that he's got this process that he goes through every morning where he first thing in the morning sits down before God, spends some time in his word, and then through this, again, very intentional uh, process that actually might take several minutes, he thinks of these buckets in front of him and in front of God, and very consciously, very intentionally, he, he searches his heart, he, he wakes up anxious with a lot of things on his mind, just like most of us, but he intentionally presents each of these to God, right? He puts them in, in these buckets, one by one, and he doesn't move from that place until he is at peace, until his, his heart is at peace and his heart is unburdened of, of these anxieties. And I, I thought that was a fantastic example. And I've thought of that that often uh, since I've heard uh, David talking about these things and I, and I put them into practice for myself. I think that's very much like Paul is talking about here, this very intentional conscious process whereby we see, you know, we think about what's in my zone of control. Okay, this is what I need to do. The things now that are out of my control, which is probably most things, very often, I am now surrendering these things to God. And very often, the sad thing that happens is that when, when we're worried, when we're stressed out, that's the time when we pray the least. And actually, that's the time when we should be praying the most, isn't it? That's the time when we need God. We're very conscious of it. And I think very often the reason that we don't pray during those times is because we, we just don't have time. We don't have the mind space to make perfect prayers like we think that we should be praying. But sometimes I think the best prayers are, are just real, honest, desperate, messy kind of prayers that say, God, I need you. God, I can't handle this. God, this is out of my control. God, I'm feeling anxious about this. And the good news is, if we just look at this, this diagram again, you know, the things might be out of our control, but things are never out of, out of control. They're always in someone's control. And of course, that someone is God. And so this is not, you know, you could think of it not as a zone of anxiety, but this is actually the zone of, of God's control, right? And even the zone of our control is actually also the zone of God's control. God's in control of everything, right? And I, and I think this is why Paul says that you don't have to be anxious. We literally don't have to be anxious because Someone is, in, no matter how out of control a situation might seem, someone is in control and that person is the best person. It's the wisest person. It's the, the, the most loving, the most powerful person. It's, it's never out of control. It's always in God's control. And so our job is to present, surrender 
our requests to God. All right, and, and one other thing on this point very quickly, I, I, I wonder if you noticed in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, he doesn't just say pre- present your request to God, but he says, with, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Did you notice those two words? With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And as I was meditating, doing a little study on that, I realized there's a, I think there's two senses which Paul says, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And one of those, I think both of them are actually very profound. One of them is to say that, wait a second, even in the midst of this problem, even in the midst of this anxiety, I actually have so much to be thankful for. Isn't that true? And so often we focus on that 1% of need that we have that's genuine and real. We need to present it to God, but there's still 99% of, of blessing that I'm actually enjoying right now, literally right now at this moment, 99% of blessing that I've already received. And it's so helpful just to stop and to thank God for that. And, you know, I think it's very, very, been help, very, very helpful for me in my life on this note to just think about uh, other people in my life, in my world, that are suffering way more than me. I think it's just so helpful. Think of floors of migrant workers. Think of literally people, children who are starving to death, and parents who, who literally have, have, can do nothing about it. It's just so helpful for me to think about uh, those kinds of things, just to thank God. But then, you know, there's an even more profound way, I think, that Paul is saying, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that is, even before we, even as we're praying for what our needs and our anxieties, we're saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for answering. Now, very important, God doesn't always answer the way that we want him to answer, the way that we're asking him to answer. But even then, we're saying, thank you, God, you are good, you're the best, you're wise. I trust you. And I thank you that you are going to answer this in the best way possible. And in advance, even as I'm making this request, I'm thanking you in advance for whatever you're going to do in response to this this prayer. And that's really what trust is, isn't it? It's saying that, God, you are good. You are the best. You're in control. I'm in your hands. You're my father. I trust you. I entrust my life, myself, my family, my situation into your hands. And I thank you that you are my God, that you are in control, and you are going to do what's right and what's best in this situation. And so I do with, with whatever is in my control, I do my best at that. And I leave the rest to God's control. We do our best with what we can control. And then the rest we leave into God's control. And, and Paul tells us that there is a result of this. 
And that's the third point here. Surrender, do not be need to be anxious. Surrender your anxiety to God. And third thing, receive God's peace. Receive God's peace. Philippians chapter four, verse seven, peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we submit our requests to God, Paul says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. God says, I'm in control. As you submit your, and surrender your anxieties to me, my peace. Did you notice that in that, in that verse? God says, my peace, the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, right? This is God's peace. This is not some kind of peace that we manufacture on our own. This is something supernatural that God gives to us, all right? This is not me doing deep breathing exercises or stretching or doing yoga or meditation class. That's all fine as far as it goes, but this is something totally different that Paul is talking about. This is the peace of God that he gives to his children, right? And I think this is the kind of peace only people who have a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ can really experience, right? This is a kind of peace that, that is, is, is very deep and it's profound and it comes from God and it's an assurance that God is our father, that he is in control, that he loves us, that he's good and that he is working out even this situation in the best way, in a way that I possibly can't understand, I never understand in this life, right? But God knows, God understands, and God is, is good. And, and, and Paul says this peace, it's very interesting, he says this peace will guard you. And, and literally that, that word guard is, is, is like the word garrison. Right? That's what it means originally. It will garrison you like, a, like soldiers around a fort. Right? It, it will secure you. God's peace will come as we surrender our anxieties to him with thanksgiving. Right? It, it will guard our hearts and our minds. And of course, this is not a one-time thing that kind of lasts forever. Again, as we pick up the, the newspaper or watch the TV, read the news, see that WhatsApp message, that, that feeling, feeling of anxiety comes, right? Again, I go through this process and it's a very intentional one. It's not a, a simple one. It's very conscious. I go through this process, right? I, I one by one examine what's going on inside my heart. Right? These are the things I can't control. This is the things I feel anxious about. I, I give it to God. I surrender it to the God who's in control of it. It's not out of control. It's in his control. I go through this intentional process of surrendering it to him. Right? I give it to him and I receive his peace again. And one last thing before we finish. There's one last thing that, that Paul mentions in this passage. You don't need to be anxious. We surrender our anxiety to God. We receive his peace. And finally, we focus on what's good. We focus on what's good. The last verse here, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, verses, whatever is true, whatever is noble, 
whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. And so Paul says, you know, all of these anxieties that are running through our, our minds, so often they, they, they come because we're not thinking about good things, right? Paul says, fill your mind with what is good, with what is right, with what is beautiful. And, and, I, and I'm afraid that most of us, we've got the TV running, especially these days, we've got the TV running constantly and the news is blaring. Most of it is sad and, and scary and we're constantly checking Facebook and all kinds of stuff on there. We're constantly reading forwards and we feel the need to watch every video that's sent to us and read every forward that's, that's coming to us. And then we wonder, why am I so anxious all the time? Why am I waking up in the morning with this thought and this knot in, in my stomach, right? And, and, and Paul says, fill your mind with what's good, right? What, what's, what's good? What's good is ultimately it's, it's God, isn't it, right? It's his love. It's, his, it's, it's thinking about his provision. It's thinking about his blessings. It's, a, it's, it's spending time with his people, not spending all my time around depressing, negative, anxious people who are only making things more difficult for me. And, and it means spending time in God's word. Right? Someone has said, if you feel anxious, then you should just read the Bible. And that's, again, not just trite advice. He was saying, as he explained later, you know, just reading the Bible uh, is, is an antidote for anxiety. Why? Because on every page, every story, every paragraph, every sentence reminds us again and again and again and again, God is on the throne. God is in control. God has a plan. God loves you. God is working things out, right? We're just reminded again and again, Paul says, spend less time in front of the TV, on the phone, on in front of the, the laptop, right? Spend it filling your mind with what's good and ultimately what's, what's best, and I'll close with this, is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus, our Savior, his love for us. And the greatest thing in the world is, is simply to meditate on the fact that Jesus, who loved us so much, he actually lost his peace so that we don't have to be anxious anymore. Jesus, you could say, was anxious for us. Let me share one more verse here. This is Mark chapter 14, this is 33 and 34. This is the night before Jesus was about to die. He went to a garden with his disciples and it says Jesus took Peter, James, and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, just think of Jesus in this condition as he thinks about the cross that's coming 
in just a few hours, it, it says he, he began to be deeply distressed, troubled. His soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus is about to die. Even the night before, he's going to be nailed to the cross. Why is he so distressed and troubled? It's because he knows that in a few hours, it's not just the cross. It's not just the, the nails. It's not just the crown of thorns. He is going to be taking the sins of you and of me and of the whole world. He's going to face God's judgment and wrath that we deserved. He's going to take it on himself. He's going to be forsaken by his father. And Jesus endured all that trouble, all that sorrow, all that distress, even to the point of death for us so that we don't have to feel distress, so that we, that we can not be anxious, so that we can be at peace forever. And Paul says now, think about these things, my anxious friend. My worried friend, my sleepless friend, my friend who's waking up uh, in the morning with so many thoughts flooding my mind, my, my head and my brain going through overdrive, a lot of smoke, a lot of noise, so many what-if questions. Think about these things. Surrender your anxieties to God. To receive his peace. Think about these things. Think about what's good, what's right, what's pure. Think about God. Think about his, his plan, his power, his love. And most of all, think about Jesus who loved you, who lost his peace so that you could have true peace, real peace, God's peace, peace that passes all understanding. And so, dear friends, what is troubling you right now? Probably many things. I realize truly, literally, this morning, you don't need to be anxious. If you are anxious, this is a choice that you are making. This is something that you are taking on. You don't need to. God has made every way. Surrender your anxieties to God, receive his peace, and fill your mind with what is good. And may the God of peace fill you with his peace peace that transcends all understanding. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's just take a quick minute right now to surrender our anxieties, all those things that are out of my zone of control that I'm so tempted to, to take um, just into my mind have lots of thoughts and anxieties and worries and fears and, and everything else. Let's just, even in right now, just begin the process of, of identifying these things, surrendering them carefully, intentionally to God with thanksgiving and receiving his peace. Let's just take a moment in the quietness of our own hearts.
Thank you, Lord, that you are God, the God of peace, the God who loves to give peace to his children, the God who's in control, the God who loves us, the God who is sovereign. Lord, thank you that you are on your throne. Thank you that you are all powerful. Thank you, Lord, that all of your power and your goodness is being directed towards our good somehow. Even though we can't understand all of these things uh, most of the time, thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be anxious. Thank you that uh, we can surrender it to you and know that um, they're all in your control. And that's, that's where we want it to be. So help each one of us in our own way um, not to be anxious, Lord, but to receive your peace. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.